Okay, please take your seats. The Full Life Band are going to uh, stay up. They're going to sing an absolutely brilliant song. And to lead into that, I want to do uh, the reading that I'm going to read from um, and preach from in a little while. But you'll see how they both gel together absolutely fantastically. I'm going to read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, and beginning at verse 26 all the way through to verse 43. And this is about, well, it's about the crucifixion. It's about what was happening at the crucifixion, Jesus. And Luke says this, As they led Jesus away, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country just then, was forced to follow Jesus and to carry his cross. Great crowds trailed along behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child and the breasts that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains to fall on them and the hills to bury them. For... If these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. Finally, they came to a place called the skull. All three were crucified there. Jesus on the centre cross and the two criminals on either side. Jesus said, Father, forgive these people. Because they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowds watched and the leaders laughed and scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he really is God's chosen one, the Messiah. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A signboard was nailed to the cross above him with these words, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you are dying? We deserve to die for our evil deeds. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies You're trying to fill the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker if you feel lost, 
He's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, He's a prison shaking Savior. You got chains. He's a chain breaker. For the light of day in the dead of night We've all found ourselves worn out From the same old fight We've all run to things we know Just ain't right There's a better life There's a better life If you got change He's a pain taker if you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. You got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you, believe it, if you receive, it, receive it, you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. You got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. You got chains, he's a chain. He's a chain breaker. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Wow, fantastic, absolutely brilliant. So we, we, were, we were supposed to show the words, the lyrics actually uh, on the screen. I don't know whether there's a problem there. But if you didn't get it, he, if you've got pain, the song said, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, 
He's a prison-shaking saviour. If you've got chains, he's a chain-breaker. I've got some chains. Right, come Nobody's going to pinch my motorbike. (laughs) Chains in biblical times were not made of light stuff. They weren't made of aluminium. They weren't made of titanium or or anything like that. They were made of, of iron. They were heavy. They were strong, but they were cumbersome. And if you were a criminal, you wore these chains. And they hurt. They were around your ankles. They were around your wrists. They were around your neck. They're probably over your shoulders in some circumstances. And they took some carrying around. And when the Romans wanted you to walk, they didn't take the chains off. They didn't make things easy for you. You walked in those chains. And if you stumbled, and if you fell, or if you were slow, they scourged you. They whipped you. They beat you up. And they put you back on your feet if you fell down. And they carried on. They didn't take the chains off. The chains were heavy. And... In our reading, we see three people, three prisoners in chains, two criminals. They were guilty and they were sentenced to death. They deserved what they were getting. I guess it was barbaric, barbaric, but that was the the day and age that they live in. But one man was innocent, falsely accused, falsely found guilty, and yet that one man fully intended to go to the cross fully intended to go to the cross he was going to the cross for a different reason not for a crime that he had committed not because he deserved the sentence in any way but because he was the only one who could take the sentence he was the only one who could break the chains and I'm going to take them off because they're very heavy if you knew your Old Testament you would know in that day and age the prophet Isaiah wrote in 50, uh, chapter 50, verse 7, I have set my face like a flint, determined to do his will. Isaiah was prophesying about the future Messiah, the chosen one, the one chosen to rid the world of sin. And Isaiah was prophesying about the fact that this Messiah would come and have a mission And he would know that mission and he would set his face like a flint and was determined to carry out that that mission, whatever it entailed, whatever agony or suffering it went through. And Luke, writing his gospel in chapter 9, verse 51, he must have recalled this in his writing because he said this, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. When Jesus was with his disciples and it was ready for the culmination of his mission to go to Jerusalem, he knew he was going to be falsely tried. He knew he was going to be beaten up. He knew he was going to suffer all kinds of things. But Luke says he resolutely set out. He was going to take on the chains of the world. Roman prisons were not nice places. They were not places where people would spend five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty-five, things like that. They were prisons that you went to if you were gonna if you were gonna be killed shortly afterwards. They were filthy, they were insanitary, they stank awful, there were vermin everywhere. 
And literally they were the pits. And the Romans would chain you up and scourge you and beat you and spit on you. Jesus knew he was going to do, he was going to suffer all these things. In fact, he predicted his death and his resurrection throughout the Gospels more than ten times. And in John's Gospel, John quotes Jesus saying this in chapter 12, verse 32. When I am lifted up on the cross, I will draw all mankind to myself. Jesus knew he was going to the cross. And he knew why he was going to the cross. To draw all mankind to himself. What does that mean? What does that mean? You see, Jesus knew he would be betrayed by Judas. Jesus knew he, was, he would be falsely tried. Jesus knew he would be flogged. Jesus knew he would be beaten and spat upon. And he didn't turn from that. He didn't run away. He didn't try and divert. He faced all this. And yet even his very closest disciples did not understand what was going on. If they really knew the Old Testament scriptures, they could have begun to see a glimpse of this. But it was quite clear that they were confused and they didn't really know. And even John the Baptist was asking, are, are you really the one? The Apostle Paul, with the benefit of hindsight, wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.19... He wrote exactly what was going on on the cross when he wrote this. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sin against them. That's what was going on. That's what was going on. Jesus Christ was reconciling the world, you and me and everybody in the world who was lost in sin, who was bound in the chains of sin, he was reconciling, putting right that sin by dying on the cross and no longer having that sin count against them. In Lorna's testimony, she had a heavy debt, financial debt, that counted against her. With Cap's help, she was free from that. It was no longer counting against her anymore and she's free from that. But even bigger than that, she had the weight of sin on her as well. And that was count against her for all eternity, had it not been dealt with by Jesus. And it took Lorna to realise, to turn to Jesus means to be free from that sin. It's a broken world. It is a broken world. You and I watch the news every day. We read our papers. We look on the internet. It's quite clearly a broken world. Selfishness rules this world. Greed rules this world. People are against people. And sin abounds all over the place. And sin entered the world through one man, the Bible says, Adam. And since Adam, all mankind have had this problem with sin. I have this problem with sin. You have this problem with sin, if we're all honest. Romans 5 verse 12 says this, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death came to all people, because all sinned. Romans also says the wages of sin is death. Death is our final enemy. A lot of people are very scared of death. They wonder what's going to happen after, the, after they're, they're dead. But the Bible says sin, death is a result of sin. Mankind was never meant to die when God first created mankind. But Adam 
decided to choose his own way. He decided to say, God, I know better than you. I want to live my own life. And so he picked the fruit. That was the metaphor. He picked the fruit that God told him not to pick. He chose his own way out of selfishness. But Romans 5 verse 19 goes on to say, So also through the obedience of one man, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. Only through Jesus can we have this freedom from sin. No other religion says this. No other way. No other philosophy. Only, only Jesus can free us from our sin. And crucifixion is a cruel death. Jesus didn't flinch from it. The Phoenicians, Phoenicia is Lebanon and all around there. They were the ones that actually devised crucifixion. They tried all kinds of things before. Spear, boiling oil, impalement, stoning, strangulation, drowning, burning. They were all classed as too quick. Too quick. And so they devised, and the Romans refined it, crucifixion. Which was slow, very painful, and very humiliating. And Jesus went to the cross for you and for I. For the whole world, Jesus suffered and went to the cross. And Luke writes that Jesus was on the central cross. And beside him were two criminals. Both criminals wanted saving. Both criminals were asking to be saved. They knew that they were helpless. They were impaled on a cross. They were nailed to that cross just like Jesus. But one of the criminals had a different way of asking, save me. John Piper, he calls it a carjack, a carjack cry. I don't mean a hijack, a carjack, like you, know, you, you jack your car up with. What he means is, what he's trying to say is, you don't, you don't even think about the jack that you've got in your boot of your car until you really need it. And then when you're in trouble, you go rummaging around in the boot of your car, you find the jack, you use the jack. You change the wheel or something like that. Then you, you let the car down and everything's fine. You chuck it back in the boot and you forget about it. That's exactly how one criminal was using Jesus. If you're the Messiah, save yourself. And by the way, save us as well. I'm in trouble now and I, I need you to do this. Do this for me. And what do you think about Jesus after that? Probably not. He was unrepentant. He was scornful. And yet the other criminal on the other side had the same cry but in a totally different way. Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. In fact, in that moment, while he was hung on that cross, while he was breathing his final, final breaths, he realized who Jesus was. We know that because when he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, he knew Jesus was a king. He knew that Jesus was the king of all kings. He recognized Jesus' authority. He recognized there was something divine about Jesus. And in humility and penitence, he was repentant. He was aware of his, his need. He even said to the other criminal, don't you fear God? And in the center, Jesus was dying not just for that man's sin, but for the sin of the whole world. The whole weight 
of the world's sin was upon Jesus. Jesus knew that this was what the Father wanted. He had, he had agonized in the Garden of Gethsemane about this, but he had, he had set his face like a flint. He had gone, he had been obedient, and he was suffering. He knew that death could not hold him. He knew that he would have the final say. He knew that he would be, he would die, he would be buried, but he knew that on the third day he would be raised to life again. And so he said to this criminal who was asking out of a right motive, today you will be with me in paradise. Let me ask you a question. Which cross are you on today? You know, we've all got chains because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all carry those chains around us if we don't ask Jesus to help us. And actually, those chains get heavier and heavier and more chains get added because out of our selfishness comes greed and jealousy and every other thing that, that, that is negative and pulls us down. There's only Jesus can free us from that because we've all sinned and fallen short. Are you going to stay like one criminal still in your chains? scornful and rebellious against Jesus? Or are you actually going to realise who he is? Are you going to come in humility and say, Jesus, I can't do anything about my chains. Only you can. Please, Jesus, remember me. The book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9 says this, For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. It's interesting in Psalm 130. Long before the cross took place. The psalmist wrote this. Out of the depths of despair I call for help. Maybe that's you today. Maybe that's you today. Maybe out of the depths of your despair, because you know you're weighed down by the chains of sin, you're crying for help. You're crying for help. I'm going to give you that opportunity this morning. Jesus can help you. Jesus can not just help you, he can totally break the chains of sin in your life. You can walk out of this place completely free from your sin that you walked in with. You can leave your chains here, because he's a chain breaker. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And if you're genuine, God hears. And all your sin can be dealt with. And I'm going to give you an opportunity now. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. You don't have to follow it word for word because God knows what's happening in your heart. But it's a prayer that says, God, I know that you sent Jesus I know that you sent Jesus to die in my place on the cross. I know that you took my sin. And I'm asking you to come into my life to be my Lord, to be my boss, to rid me of my self-drivenness and allow you to be my Lord and you to be in charge. And it's a commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. 
And it's not an easy commitment, but it's certainly easier than carrying chains of sin around. Can I invite you just to bow your heads? I'm going to pray the prayer. It's a very simple prayer. You can follow it in the quietness of your own heart. And if you echo this prayer, then today God hears and God can rid you of your sin. Follow me if you want to pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying in my place on the cross. Thank you for taking all my sin upon yourself so that I might be free. Today, this morning, I repent of my sin. I turn to you and invite you into my life to become my Saviour and my Lord. I no longer want to be driven by my own desires. I want to serve you. I want to follow you. So be my Lord. And Lord, may today I know that my salvation is secure because you have paid the price. While every head is bowed, I want to give you an opportunity to just indicate that you prayed that prayer. And if you indicate by raising your hand, then our ushers will come and give you a booklet. That booklet will really help you in this beginning of the, this journey that you're taking with, with Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour. So if you prayed that prayer this morning, just raise your hand very quickly. Wait for an usher to put the booklet in your hand and as soon as the booklet is put in your hand, you can put your, your hands down. Thank you. There's people all over the place. Keep your hands raised until an usher comes. Maybe even now, you're wrestling with that. You know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that God is saying, this is your moment. This is your moment. And out of the depths of despair, you'll want to say, I, I, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Saviour. Respond now. Respond now. I'm going to pray. Thank you for responding. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, please help everyone who has responded here. Lord, you know their hearts. You know their motivations, their intentions. You know whether they are genuine. Father, I pray that today you will give them an assurance that you have put your Holy Spirit within them and you are now their Lord and their Saviour. And Lord, their salvation is assured Lord, it's given without repentance from you. Lord, you give it freely, that forgiveness. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would know you as their Lord and their Saviour today. In Jesus' name. Amen. You might still have questions and uh, all kinds of questions. Let me encourage you to do the Alpha course. If you've responded today, then inside your little booklet, there's a little orange slip. Please, let me encourage you. Fill those details in and hand them in to an usher 
or the welcome desk or, 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 or someone in the, in the welcome lounge there. And we'll write to you and only write to you to invite you to the Alpha course. To come on and discover what this faith is and uh, what this journey with Jesus is all about. Thank you for listening. God bless you. We're going to close. We're going to sing. So let me invite you to stand.